It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to season three of The Table. Uh, it's a new year. It's a new. It's exciting. New season. New content. New. Uh, new everything. New everything. It's January. Um, we have a familiar voice with us today, uh, Brian Taylor. How's it going, man? Hello, everybody. Jason, thank you for. I, can I tell you? I tell am me. honored. I'm. <laughs> I'm honored to be kicking off season three. This is. Kick. This is big. It's going to be an amazing year. Kicking it with Brian Taylor. That's what we're going to. Yeah, there we're we gonna, go. We're going to call it that from now on, kicking it with... Just have that little segment there. Yes. Kicking yes. it with Brian Taylor. The Table Podcast, kicking it with Brian Taylor. That's how we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, tell us about you. You're, tell us a little bit about your, your background. I mean, you've been on before, but um, um, tell us more about you. Yeah, so um, for over 20 years now, I've served local churches in the areas of music and worship and creativity. Um, my wife and I are worship pastors in the Dallas area, and I work with Slingshot Group. I oversee the Worship and Creative Arts Division as VP of that. And if you don't know Slingshot, we help churches and nonprofits build remarkable teams through staffing and coaching. And I get to work with all of the creatives and help them build their teams and help senior pastors and executive pastors translate uh, with their creative world. So I really just, I love what I get to do. I love the church and I love the people that God has placed in it. So good, man. And you get to do all that and call it work. Like that's the best. Yes, it's, right. It's not like a side hustle or like a hobby. I didn't know this is your work. that th I didn't have a frame of reference growing up for the kind of work that now God has given given us the ability to do. It is sure. such a privilege and joy. You know, Jason, like to yep. to to work with leaders and to be able to see the fruit and ch champion them and cheer them on uh, is just. I love it. I love it as a coach. And I love it as a teacher and speaker, and I love it as a worship leader. Yeah, so good, man. I'm not. You're not wrong. I regularly sit back and go. Is this real life? Like, is this <laughs> right. like, is this is this a thing? Like, is that I mean, yeah. It, shouldn't I be doing something else to, you know, this is my, <laughs> right. yeah. no, I understand. Right. I, I understand. Hey, so we're going to, we're going to jump into a fun topic today. You guys, are, yeah. you, are you ready for this? I don't know that. I, I, don't know the, I mean, it's a good one. That's a good one. Take a deep breath, everybody. Yeah, like seriously. This. And don't, don't, don't hit next. Don't move on from this. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to want to listen to this today. We're talking about identity. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about who you are and as a, as, as a creative, as, as a worship leader, as in whatever role you are at your church. Um, but my first question today is, as a musician, um, and even as a creative, it's really easy to find your identity in your art. That's kind of a common mm. place for, yeah. for people. Like, this is, I am what I do. Um, how, do you, how do you separate your output from your identity and try to keep those two things separate? And can you kind of speak to that? Yeah, so here's what's interesting. I think artists, we feel it deeply because our output is really closely connected to our emotions, right? Mm. Like as a songwriter, yep. um, you know, even, even writing songs for the church, um, those, some of my favorite songs have come out of the most difficult seasons of life and leadership, and they're written through tears and, and through struggle and the battle. 
And so there's this, this connectedness to who we are that a lot of our output then gets connected to. But this problem, um, nah, it's not a problem. This issue, this struggle that we we find ourselves in sometimes is not just for us. Like if you think about um, people when you're at a dinner or at a party for the first time, um, you're getting together with folks you've never met. Um, one of the very first questions people ask is they say, hey, who are you and what do you do? Yes. Like, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're Brian. Okay, Brian, what do you do for work? What do you do? What do you do? And I think that that's something that's become ingrained in our culture because even by societal standards, we, we're kind of measured by what we produce. Yes. Whether or not we're successful or not is attached to what we produce. It's attached to the title or the role or the work that, that we're doing. And I think that that's a ploy of the enemy to get our focus there, to get our attention on what we produce and create. And so I think separating that, separating those two is first acknowledging that I am not what I do. I am not what I create. That is an expression of that. And I think um, uh, I think it's, it's important for us to make that distinction so we don't fall prey to the rat race or the hamster wheel where, man, we're just running and running and running and running, trying to prove that we have value as opposed to producing something out of the inherent value that God has placed in us because of who we are in him. And I mean, in today's world, we live in a duplication world where people are, it's like, here's a, here's a sound. I want you to duplicate this. Yeah. And there's a, there's, I feel like there's, we live in a world now that if I can't do that, or if it doesn't sound right, I've somehow failed. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know about you, but I've, I feel like this is a, it's kind of the, the catalyst to burnout when you just go, yeah. I, I can't meet your expectations to what it's supposed to sound like. So that means I am not. I am not equipped or I'm not somehow worthy enough to be a worship leader. And that's just not the case. Yeah. It's, it's what I think of when, when you see David on the battlefield with Goliath and he steps on the scene and Saul is like, here's my armor for you to go fight Goliath. And David puts that armor on and it's like, of course it doesn't fit. That's right. that, that's not <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, of course it doesn't fit. That's not your strength. That's right. not what it wasn't made for you. That was made for Saul. And if you try to go win this battle with armor that was not made for you, it's going to slow you down and it might actually cause your defeat. Like that's to say it's the same thing for me. David had to understand you know, the battles that he had fought in the backfield with the lion and the bear, that's where he honed his skill. And that's where he was going to be at a point of strength when he was operating in that space, not trying to put on somebody else's identity or what somebody else had created um, to to step into that same situation. Oh, I love that picture. I love that. I love that. Um, that sets it up. That sets that up so well, because you go, I'm not, that's not me. That's not who I am. Hmm. One of my favorite things that uh, Bob Goff always says 
is take away what you do. Everything else is, 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 is who you are. And, um, when I, when I'm in, uh, one of the first things I do now in coaching is, is my, I, I get all of my, all of my, the people I work with to have an answer that doesn't involve who you are. So when, when somebody says, tell me about you, um, that I just, I just, I, I, you don't lead with, you don't lead with what, with, with, with what you do. Tell them, tell them who you are. Tell them you're creative. Tell them, tell them about yeah. your family. Tell them about your perspective. Tell them about like what, what you do. And if, 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 if for some reason in life, um, you know, something happens to where you couldn't sing again, or you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. play guitar, or you couldn't do the thing, you know, you can't take away the fact that you're creative. You can't take away the fact that your brain just thinks on a different scale. You're you, that's you, that's who you are. And that's where you come from. And so, um, yeah, man, so good. So good. Now, why, why is it important to find your identity in who you are and not what you do? I mean, we talked about separating it, but let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about the why, like, why is it, <laughs> why is it, why, why is this thing even important to go? I, I need to be, I need to, I need, I need to know who I am. Not, not necessarily what I do. Yeah, I mean, I think practically speaking, the reason that it's important for us to make sure our identity is in the right place is if it's not, let's say, let's, let's, so that everybody can just like put their shoulders down for a second. Let's take it out of the world of art for a second. Yeah. Let's just say, uh, you know, it's not about a song, it's not about our performance. Let's just say we make pens though I do believe there's some art in pens. This is this, uh, I have a Sharpie S gel. They're the best pens in the world. I love them. <laughs> but if, 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 if this pen becomes my identity, then I'm only as good as this pen functions. I'm only as good as how consistently it writes. I'm only as good as how the spring holds its tension. And it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter except for the output of this pen, which is, which is not really a place that I want to be, you know, this, this pen costs a few bucks. Like I, I don't want to put all of my value into a pen. When, when our, when our identity is in things like this, we are only as good as the last thing that we've done. We're only as accepted as how that song was accepted. We're only as validated as the compliments that we got after service. And what that does is misplaced significance breeds workaholism. It, it breeds all other kinds of addiction and hangups and hurt and bitterness and resentment. And it's not what God designed for us. In fact, I think it goes back all the way back to uh, the, the question, <clears throat> the question that the serpent asked Eve in the garden. It's like, did God really say that that question was not just about whether or not Eve heard correctly when Adam passed on what God had said. That question was like, can you really trust that who God said you are and what God said was enough is really enough for you? Yep. Like that's where that question is. So it's like, did God, like no one is listening to your songs. Did God still call you to write them? 
did God really say you were a songwriter if you didn't end up on anybody's Spotify wrapped whatever deal? I'm an Apple Music guy. <clears throat> Nobody wants to see those anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no offense. Uh, if you posted them, it's great. And I'm sure someone <laughs> loved it. But it goes, it, it's that, it's like if no one hears the songs and you're just writing for God, for you and for God, or you're just writing for your local church and it doesn't ever make its way to the Dove Awards and it doesn't make its way to Christian radio. Like, did God really say that you were a songwriter? Well, if our identity is in the success of our output, if we if we place our value there, then we can actually question what God has called us to and who we are based off of measurements that he never designed for us to measure ourselves by. He is the one who placed the DNA, the identity, yes. the calling, the, the gifting inside of us. And um, it's it's he's the one that gets to decide everything that we put out everything that we produce, where it goes and what takes off and what doesn't. And so we have to be able to create like identity becomes uh, it, it. It's it's what you express from. Right. So I cannot. Uh, how, how do I want to say it? If my identity is is found in the approval of people. Right. If If I think my significance is found there, then everything that I produce is going to be produced for the approval of people. I may not know it. I may not be consciously aware of it, yep. but you can actually miss your greatest contributions and your greatest output because of that misplaced significance and that misplaced identity. So that's why I think, man, it's, it's so important for us to, to, to recognize because the enemy is going to come with those questions over and over again. I don't think God really called you to that. I don't yeah. think God really called you to lead, you know, and we have to refute that with the truth of what we know. Have you ever noticed that the enemy doesn't come in with like a bulldozer? He comes in mm. and just like pulls a brick out, like pulls yeah. a brick out of your foundation, lets you yeah. get a little wobbly. And then when you go, I think, I'm, I think I've got it. He pulls another brick out and then you're like, oh, wait, now I'm, not, I'm, I'm still a little wobbly. I'm not, I'm not, it's never like, like a, a wrecking ball where just very rarely do you yeah. see like the knocking over of, of everything. It's just, especially in, I think in creative worlds, cause it's really easy to throw a creative off their game and it's really yeah. easy to get them to go, Oh, I'm not validated. I'm not valuable. Yeah. I'm not who the who, you know, we're in this season with, in this kind of winter season, it's pretty commonplace to have uh, wake up on Sunday morning with no voice. And mm. you know the dry, the heater is going. It kind of dries I'm you out. I'm coughing. You know, yeah, I'm coughing. I'm having to clear my throat now. I just want mm -hmm. to point it out, but it's fine. I had the same problem. I <laughs> wanted to bring to light the, you know, the the, the coughing. I have the same problem. And and uh, and you ever woke? You ever had that first thought like, if I don't have a voice. I can't lead worship mm. this weekend. The church is it's not going to work. How's that going to work if I'm not right. if I'm not there? Like your brain goes to the first thing is like, if I'm sick, church can't happen. What's going to go yeah. on? Church isn't going to happen. And I have uh, recently, a couple times, led worship, like walked into Sunday morning going, I don't know how this is going to work. And the team just kind of steps in. Like the, the other vocalists kind of step mm -hmm. into place. You know, I'm still playing guitar. I might lead a little bit here and there. And you go, people still met Jesus. I'm still. Yeah. And it, it's just, there was like, like a reminder to me to go, like, it's my first thought is, 
I have to be able to sing in order to do church. Wait, or mm. I have to lean on other people in order to be in, in order to continue following my calling and continue doing what I'm doing. I might have to re- rely on others and um, not necessarily be so set up in like what I'm doing and who I am. Yeah. And this is my role and, and this is my role in the scenario. It's 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 finding ways to go, hey, this is not like I'm still doing what I what I what I'm called to do, but I'm you know, I might have to empower somebody else to do the thing that I can't do because, you know, I'm coming in when I'm sick. Yeah. And so Well, I think there's a difference, Jason, between what we say is good and what God says is good. Mm. God says things are good and our humanity, our own agenda our desires to to see something like that that attachment to an outcome can call things that god says good not good i mean okay let's just keep going back to the garden right so in genesis 3 is where did god really say they get to the end of that and uh when god is looking for them and uh adam answered us uh, he says where were you or where are you and he's like i was uh, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God says, well, who told you you were naked? Like, whoa, where did that come from? Yep. You don't really, you don't realize the impact of what has just happened unless you go back to Genesis 2, um, uh, like, it's like verse 25. It It's where the Bible says that Adam and his wife were naked and they felt no shame. What happened between Genesis 2:25 and Genesis 3 probably verse 10 or 11 where they're now feeling the shame is the enemy like you said very with a very insidious kind of way said ooh ooh like let me just pull at that just mm-hmm. let me pull at that thread let me pull at that thread of your identity and suddenly when God had created them he looked at them and said this is good now suddenly they looked at what God created, the way that God designed it, and it was no longer good. And that's what happens for us when we have our identity in our output or God looks at us and say, it's good. But then we look at it and says, it doesn't measure up to what I thought it would be. And so it's not good anymore. And I think that's how the enemy keeps so many people shackled under the weight of shame and and despair and and condemnation and feelings of not being good enough or worth it or or talented enough to do what God has called them to do because he distorts their view. He Mm. distorts our perception. And we say something isn't good after God has declared it is. Yes. Yes, this is so so all of that now how do I what are some ways I can strengthen who I am? So hmm. like we're talk we've talked about <clears throat> we've talked about the the how and the why. Now let's talk about the what. Like what yeah. as I'm as I'm taking a step forward going Brian I love this. I love I love that. I want to get over there. Like I want to get to that place. Like what are some ways I can go, man, I want to strengthen who I am so that I can so that I can separate myself and be more confident in me as a creative and and uh, not necessarily what it is that I'm doing. Yeah, so uh the first one is tough because it requires us be vulnerable before God and with ourselves to confess where our identity has been. 
And that requires us allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work he needs to do in us to show us the areas maybe that have been tinged with this misplaced identity or misplaced significance. And I think the first thing to strengthen ourselves is to confess and to repent and to say, God, you know, it's uh, it, I mean, it goes back to Matt Redmond, heart of worship, Yep. you know, like, like that, the story of that song for us to recognize and come before the Lord and, and maybe even some trusted, some trusted leaders in our circle and say, man, I have, just made this about something it's not supposed to be. I've made my identity in my art or my songs or my stories or my messages, and that's not what I want. God, I I confess that and I repent. I make a conscious decision to turn and to go a different way. If we're not willing to to start with that acknowledgement and awareness, we're we're not going to see any progress. You're going to stay weak in the areas that you're weak right now because you can't you can't really strengthen something if it's not in the right place. If things are out of alignment, it's never going to grow as strong as it could be. I think that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is we've got to prioritize time with the one who created us. Amen. And that seems to be so cliche, right? Everybody talks about that. But let me tell you something. When you're gifted, it's very easy to lead out of your gifting, but your musical ability, your creative ability, my buddy, uh, Michael Bethany just posted something about this. Like your creativity is a natural gift is God given inspiration, but it's like, this is something you can, like you can lead worship naturally. You can go through the mechanics of being a musician and singing songs and writing lyrics and doing all, all of that can happen naturally. Right. And so we have to have to to focus our intention on the spiritual foundation that's supposed to support all of that. And for God to breathe on that, you've got to spend time with the creator like he's the one that made you ask him, who have you made me to be? What did you have in mind when you created me? How can I how can I embrace the identity that you've placed on me to to produce from a place of being accepted and being valued, not producing for acceptance or to 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 have someone value us because of a song that charted or because of how great the third or fourth time through that bridge was on Sunday morning, right? We, we want to be able to lead from a place of security, and that only comes uh, from spending time with the Father. And third thing I'd say, and maybe because we're coaches, like we're a little biased towards this, but I think it's important to have people in your life that can look at you from an outside perspective. To have a coach, a pastor, a counselor, people who are in it for you to succeed, for you to be all that God has called you to be, yep. not just to do all he's called you to do, right? Having those voices that can throw up a flare and say, whoa, whoa, hey, pay attention to that. Like I see something there that's worth exploration or that can say, hey, you're doing a really good job and you might not see it, but you are light years ahead of where you were when we first started this journey. So those are three things that that I'd say, you know, spending time with, with, the, with the father, uh, letting him love you, letting him build you up, acknowledging confession, repentance, and then opening yourself up to, to be sharpened. 
yep. in the areas that you need to be sharpened in. I don't often tell people what we're talking about in the next next uh, in the future, but February we were talking about how to develop your inner circle. What does mm-hmm. that look like? And for the whole month, we're going to talk about the people in your life that are accountable, help you stay accountable, help you to yeah. kind of bounce ideas off of. And um, so uh, this, uh, keep listening because that because that's coming. And I think that's such can a I, great point to that. Can you what? Can I? Yeah. Can I just for everyone? Like, I just want to plant a seed for them so that when they get there, that yeah. there won't be, that there won't be any shame yeah. or, or, or any, um, apprehension stepping into what is a very vul- These are vulnerable conversations yep. talking about identity, talking about uh, accountability, talking about an inner circle. You know, I was just, uh, just before we started recording, I was just on a call and we were talking about uh, it was a new coaching in, engagement uh, with the church, and we were talking about how a lot of times our tendency is to think about, well, if I need a coach, I must be wrong. I must be. I must be. Insert whatever your must be should be. Uh, you know, in your mind, right. like insert that there. And the truth is, like this is actually not a thing outside of the church, like people, leaders in the marketplace, high performing leaders, successful leaders, people that are, that are living aligned with their purpose and call, they surround themselves with expertise. But I think the, the church started to use phrases like coaching conversations to address correction because we were scared of that word. And accountability became something that's like, it's just there to root out all of the sin and darkness and all this stuff. And and listen, like that is part of what accountability looks like. But all of these things are actually designed to produce safety and security in you as a person and a leader. And there is no shame in needing a coach. There, There should be no shame in being accountable. It is actually what God has intended for us so that we can fulfill his purpose without fear Yep, because we have a strong foundation. So if you're listening to this and we're talking about identity and the enemy's trying to throw shame and condemnation and guilt on you, like, no, that's not, that's not, that's not your portion. What your portion is, this is God giving you a little bit of a poke and a prod to say, Hey, 2024 does not have to be like all the years before it. How you lead in ministry moving forward does not have to look like what it's looked like in the past. There is actually a better way for you, a more fulfilling and a a more courageous way for you to step into it. And I think conversations like this, Jason, are part of stirring that in all of us because we are all on a journey. I love it. And I think in the same in the same regards, people often look at like like big name vocalists and artists and go, man, they've 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 arrived. And they don't realize in the behind the scenes, Kelly Clarkson oh, yeah. has a vocal coach. She sits yeah. with a vocal coach. So you, you go, she's at the best voice I've ever heard. Like, no, she sits with a vocal coach. This person, absolutely. You know, you name your Think favorite of athletes. Artist. Yep, they sit with. They the have dozens of people. Yep, who are giving them direction down to how they move a particular joint, correct, on a particular part of their body. And they welcome it because they know that they're going to be at their best. 
And when that's what I'm hopeful for. And, these, yep. Yes, these conversations flip that paradigm to say, this is about me being at my best, yep. not about uncovering or 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 producing the, the shame or anxiety that I think oftentimes accompanies these conversations inside of a church context. So good, man. Hey, as we wrap up today, um, I always, I always end my podcast with, 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 with a food question. And, uh, yes. this is, this we've is had probably, some wonderful ones. We've had we some talk. wonderful ones. Yes. Some, we've had some dry <laughs> heaving in the past. Yes. On, on, yes. Which that's, you have a, to go find that episode of yeah, the, go men, listen the to mentor for, chat. Listen for that one. Um, but today's, since I've asked you some of the food questions, I have a different, this is the first time I've ever asked this food question before on here. So okay. you get to a mall, like a, like a food mm-hmm. court, like a, we're talking <laughs> like a, like a big mall, not like yes. tiny mall where they have like one place, big this mall. This is a Dallas mall. Like where Dallas I live mall. In yes. Dallas, like Everything's Dallas bigger malls. in Texas. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so what, if you walk into a food court, what <laughs> are you, what are you looking for? What is like, what's your oh. like, what's like, mm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go because there's always like the weird places where you're like a hot dog mm-hmm. on a stick. You're like, I would have never got I would have never gone to this yeah. or whatever. Like, what is your like mall food court go to? Oh, OK. So oh, I'm <laughs> this so excited. Is, I'm so excited. No judgment on this. First of all, if you see me in a, a mall food court, maybe I'm traveling. If I'm not traveling. I'm it's emotional eating. Can we just talk about it? Can we just be like, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of comfort food. That being said, um, I, I, I would love to say that I'm going to go find like the, the new hipster salad places, you know, where they like, no, 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 but I'm not, you're not. I, if, if, if they have one of my classics, one of my classic favorite, if there's a McDonald's in that food court, Oh. I am going for a quarter pounder with cheese, add a little bacon, a large fry, well done fries, and a large Coke. That is my that is my fast food meal of choice. But I just want everybody to know right now, he's yeah. not making eye contact with me in this in this no. call. Like we're not he's not even <laughs> no, I can't no, it's he's good, looking so down good. into the like he's and looking two down apple into the pies. Side. Yeah, it's two apple two apple pies. But there are two things in a food court that I really even in like an airport, whatever. I struggle to walk past and not do. And and one of them is uh depending on where you're from, Auntie Anne's or Wetzel's pretzels. Oh yes. Oh okay. Man. Give me a cinnamon, like cinnamon sugar pretzel or even a little pretzel bite things. Oh. My gosh, that is that is heaven. There's that something heaven. about it. I don't know what how to explain if, it. If I could find a way for them to sponsor me. I would post all day about day. cinnamon sugar pretzels all day, every day. So it's either going to be that, or if I'm feeling really event- adventurous, it's going to be orange chicken from Panda Express with lo mein noodles. Now, I don't even know if they have that anymore. This is how long it's been. But when I was younger and had a much better metabolism and I, I, 2024, Jason is a year I turned 40. Okay. is I'm, I'm an 84 kid, right? And so maybe 15, 20 years ago, back when we could eat anything and do anything, man, orange chicken from Panda Express with lo mein noodles, the, oh man, I paid for it every time, but let me tell you, it never stopped me. <laughs> so that's what, I, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for either cinnamon sugar pretzels, my McDonald's go-to, or I'm going all in, man. We're getting, we're getting greased up at the food court. It's gonna be amazing. I don't know that I knew you could add bacon to a quarter pounder. 
That's like a where have you? Oh, that's where like a have whole you world just opened up. That's now like a, these days, it's going to cost you about thirty two dollars. <laughs> you know, like McDonald's is like going to a you know four or five star restaurant. But <laughs> yeah, quarter pound. You have to try it. Quarter oh. pounder. Add the bacon. Yep. Get the large Coke and ask them for for a little extra salt on your fries if you do that. And then you said two apple pies to, to top that off. Two apple pies. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, tell us. <laughs> I'm so excited about this question now. I'm, that's the answers are going to. That's Listen, I, 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 you, as soon as you asked it, I was like, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to start with confession. I'm going to be right here in the moment. I'm not going to lie and say I'm going to get, you know, the bread, bread bowl looking, salad. Looking for I'm the Jamba Juice. Looking for the, I'm not some, doing that. The smoothies. Nope. 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 I'm not even getting a Diet Coke at McDonald's. I mean, we're going full sugar. <laughs> All the things. All the things. I mean, because truly, you said you're not going there because you're like, I'm going to go to the mall food court mm-hmm. and have lunch today. It's emotional. It, there's no other option. Yeah, it's either no other option mm-hmm. or I just want to eat like a teenager. <laughs> hey, man, tell us how we can connect with you. And Yeah, I'm Brian Taylor on Instagram. Uh, I'm a bunch of places. Instagram is the place where I'm most active. If you have a LinkedIn, you can find me there as well. Uh, you can find more about Slingshot Group at slingshotgroup.org. And uh, yeah, just Instagram. If people have questions, shoot yeah. me a DM. I, I love to connect with leaders. And in the link in the bio, there's some other things. Yeah, I've got some stuff brewing for 2024. So awesome. yeah, I'd awesome. love to connect. I mean, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate you. Thank you uh, for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here, Jason. Yes, and uh, this uh, this is the end of our first episode of season three, kicking it with Brian Taylor. That's uh, feels like a, feels like a radio talk show. Kicking there it, we go, kicking it with Brian Taylor. All right, guys, we'll see everybody here next week.